hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome to Aging Fearlessly as we celebrate the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife. Florence Nightingale, commonly known as the Lady of the Lamp, was a nurse in the 1800s. She was known for pioneering modern nursing. Lately, we have all been vigorously washing our hands to protect from COVID-19. And this happens to be one of the things Florence introduced during the Crimean War, which reduced the death rate drastically. In 1974, President Nixon proclaimed a national week for nurses. And this was held on Florence Nightingale's birthday, the 12th of May. The 2020 International Nurses and Midwives Day happens to be the bicentenary of the birth of the Lady of the Lamp, Florence Nightingale. I'm sure you would all agree that the nurses, both men and women, do an amazing job to help those in need of medical attention. They are in fact the backbone of our medical care and their profession is ranked one of the most trusted in the world. And it might surprise you to know that they know more about you as a patient than most of your family and friends. Today, I have four amazing nurses joining me, Kath, Megs, Zoe, and Tony. They all make a huge difference in the lives of their patients. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Great to have you here. I'm going to just go around the circle a bit and find out a little bit about what each of you do. So, Zoe, what do you do as a nurse? I've been nursing now for 10 years. I started at Sydney Children's Hospital all the way back in 2010. Uh, I've spent the majority of my career on the neurological, neurosurgery and orthopaedic ward. That's a mouthful. Yeah. I know. And um, I have worked between clinical specialist and clinical nurse educator on that ward and recently have uh, commenced a new position as the clinical nurse educator for the casual pool staff on um, throughout Sydney Children's Hospital, which is quite a substantial amount of staff. It must be really exciting to have a job at the Children's Hospital. Yeah, it is. That's always where I saw my career from when I was studying. Um, And, yeah, that's where I found myself. And children's nursing, I think, is my passion and probably where I hope to stay. And, Tony, what about you? Um, My background is that I've been nursing for a bit over 40 years. Double Zoe. No, four times Zoe's. (laughs) That's right. 
not entirely consistently, but a, a fair portion of that. And interestingly, I started in 1978 and um, they were called the Florence Nightingale Wards wow. at RPA prior to the large building that is the central building today, as is known today, the old buildings from I think the 1800s actually um, were Florence Nightingale wards which were the long wards just like in the uh, Crimean War and Florence Nightingale days where they were just spread out in one long corridor yeah amazing yeah so that was my background there and now I do community nursing and so I attend in the Illawarra region and I home visit attending to people's wounds and to I also um, see people from a palliative point of view and facilitate their journey towards dying and um, we do some medications and yeah little catheters bits and bobs that the hospital moves them out of the um, you know it facilitates clients out of the hospital and into the home and they can be managed at home and they're doing that more and more now these days yeah really encouraging and particularly with and now that we've gone to this covid area that i think even more so that there's so much now we're trying to reduce contact of the world you know where, where we can i mean you know they've returned to elective surgery now but um you know all of that avoidance and so, you know, getting people away from hospital just from an infection point of view as well that we've known for years and years. Yeah. So that's my little bit of background. And Kath. Hello. So um, I started nursing in 85. Um, I was a second year through the university system. So um, it took a while for nurses to be recognised as a profession not like uh, that needed to be in university like every other health professional was. Um, and there was a bit of a backlash back in those days. There was a bit of an us and them with um, university versus hospital trained nurses. And being one of the first, first lot of nurses out, we really felt that. Like we felt like we really had to prove ourselves a little. And um, But that's that's... You know, by the wayside now, that's all died down. But, um, yeah, I nursed for a little while, but really um, always wanted to become a midwife. I think my raging feminism always wanted me to um, <laughs> be working with women and women-centred care. So, um, yeah, but I, I had my kids and then I became a midwife. Um, so I did nurse for a few years. I, I worked in nursing homes on the weekend to support myself through uni. I worked... Um, at Monavale, did my first graduate at Monavale Hospital uh, and I worked in Germany as well, which was, uh, that's a, a story in itself because it's very different to here. Um, so I did orthopaedics in Germany. Um, as a midwife, I've done my master's. I used to be a coordinator of birthing education uh, for classes um, and I've been an MGP midwife, which is a group practice midwife where we have our own um, patient caseload, I guess, but now I'm working with um, Megs at um, the Royal at, and I'm loving it, just mainly doing clinic work, which I love. It's um, very multicultural and um, challenging doing high-risk stuff again, so that's been good. I trained at RPA originally and with um, 
with Meggie. So, uh, yeah, so I've been doing it for a while as well. Amazing. And Megs? Uh, well, I was the year after Kath. I did nursing for about seven years and travelled and um, went to India and met my hero, Mother Teresa, and, um, oh. and worked with her for a little while and then with another a Dr. Jack, it was just a clinic, a street clinic. Yeah. And I realised that I needed more skills. So I came back and I did my midi. And that was way back in 80, 87, sorry, 97, I finished that. And then I've um, worked, at, worked at the hospital in the delivery ward for a couple of years. And then I left and I joined with Medicine Saint Frontier and um, I did two years with them. And I worked as a midwife in the southern Sudan during the Civil War. Kat told me that today. Absolute, I am. That was the most remote, and I've done a lot of travelling, and it's the most remote I've ever been. Um, And it was very much back to the basics, the basic clinical skills. And, um, yeah, and you're challenged as a midwife because a lot of the things you'd never done before but you had seen and you had your little Maggie Miles textbook with you, and so you did a lot of things that you've been taught to do, but you hadn't had the opportunity to, to do. So it was a fantastic experience. And then they, then I had a year in the foothills of China, um, working with the Miao and Dong people, where we were training tradition, 45 traditional birth attendants in the, um, and just coordinating a whole education program for a year and setting that up to make it sustainable. Um, oh, it was fantastic. And then I, I came back and um, I came back and I worked as a midwife part-time for four years and then I had children. And then I've recently gone back about four years ago and where I worked with Kath. So between you all, you have a lot of history and a huge, like you're all in such different areas in a way, like community nursing to children's hospital to midwifery having worked in different places around the world what are some anyone tell me just say your name if you want to answer a question so any one of you why did you choose nursing oh i'm just looking at a gorgeous baby well i didn't choose nursing i didn't want to be a nurse um uh i was doing um, a BA at uni when I first got out of school and um, yeah I didn't really know what I thought I'd like to do psychology hated psychology at uni Um, then one of my friends said oh you know why don't you apply to work in a nursing home back then you could just rock in off the street just (laughs) with no skills no training nothing and just you know look after all these poor old people so I did that um, and yeah, I had a tragedy happen in my life. I lost my sister in a car accident and I was kind of floundering at uni. I didn't really know what I was doing, a bit of a lost soul. So I decided I just had, yeah, a life moment where I changed everything and I decided to go and do nursing and, yeah, I haven't looked back really. So I didn't want to be a nurse originally. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, so and you've obviously gone on and done midwifery, but what are some of the qualities, Tony, that make a good nurse? Empathy that makes you a good human being, and if you got that as a nurse, that's a double whammy. <laughs> yeah, but, I saw. Mm-hmm. No, go on. 
Um, empathy, I think, is a really, really lovely quality to have in all walks, and I especially think so in nursing. Um, and compassion, honesty, um, you know, there's numerous traits, really. Integrity, I mean, there's a lot of traits you need to be um, a nurse that people can trust. You know what I mean? And that's what you need. You need, the, you know, you need as much from one end of nursing, which would be much more the bureaucratic medical, you know, plus plus side to the patient, the family. You know, it swings on all across the board that all everybody needs to be able to be in trust. Yeah. You know, your, your work and your ethic and, you know. Yep your skills. And it, it says that you're one of the most trusted professions in the world, really. That's what I've been reading today. I've been doing a lot of researching on, on nurses and they say the most trusted profession. Well, we didn't go for the money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the money. Well, in some ways it's not too bad, but it certainly wasn't a driver. <laughs> and um, Megs, you've taken your job to places very far outside Australia. How different is it? Oh, it's, um, I think it's just getting back to the basic. I think Tony mentioned just having empathy and people really respond to that. And um, the fact that you're there and you believe in equality of care um, and access to care, um, people really open up to that. Oh, sorry, I lost you then. Yeah, um, you're back. But, but um, just so you... You actually always, in the places I've worked, you always take away a lot more than you can actually give. Um, and you always reflect later and think, I wish I'd given more. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things are very, you go into countries where there is no education or very, very basic education. You, um, we need to break down our education that we've had for hundreds of years and give the most basic basic you know practices in hygiene for example so a lot of the stuff that I did was just breaking things down to a much simpler um, angle and that would that will make a difference that had big impact yeah so one of our friends Kat do you know Dr Ray yeah, 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 yeah. I've always wanted, yeah, I wanted to go to Nepal. I've, I've spoken to him many times about wanting to go to Nepal. I haven't made it yet, but... Yeah, and I think he's training nurses up there to do ultrasounds and, and to do yeah. all sorts of procedures to help the women in Nepal who really struggle with prolapse and, yeah. and also the issues of birthing. And I've listened to him many a times talking about the role up there in the hospital he's building and how... I know how important that is. But Zoe... Um, the children's hospital, is it very different working with children, do you think? I, th I think so. I mean, it's all like the only nursing I've really ever known is children's nursing. I think the foundations of nursing um, are all the same. Um, children's nursing is very uh, family-focused, so... And I'm sure adults nursing is as well, but speaking from a paediatric nurse perspective, um, we're always involving the family yeah. as much as we can in every aspect of the patient's care and um, just being as holistic as we can because uh, after all, they know their child best. Um, 
So, yeah, I think I'm sure that's very similar in adults nursing. Um, but, yeah, I think people are very uh, specialised. No. Sorry. Sorry, Zoe. Um, Karen, you mentioned before that, um, you know, nurses know, sometimes know their patients better than their friends. And I think that can be really, really true. Like you really see people sometimes at their most vulnerable and, um, you know, all that social persona is, is gone, it's down. And um, there's, there's something very, um, it's, yeah, the trust, Thing. And also, it's it's you see the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful side of humanity that um, you know that we don't always show. You know, we always put on a social face, but um, yeah. So that that's that's a, a beautiful side of um, what we do. And I think also the collegial side, like um, having a working in a good team, um, it's quite a social social job. Nursing, like you've you've always got you know people around you. Um, you're not, you know, or some, you can be in the community by yourself a bit, but you've always, you've always got a crew there, you know, so that's, that's really good as well. Good things. I was just looking for the thing I read about nurses know you, they know your weight, um, they've seen you naked, having yeah. a shower. Um, there's so many things, I'll, I'll find that piece and read it to you. Oh, I see. Um, chances are that nurses know more about you than anyone else in your life. They know your weight and keep it a secret. They've seen you naked and they know all your vibes, but you can trust them. According to the polls, more than 80% of Americans think nurses are either high or very high, have high or very high ethical standards. So that was just, a, you know, a little piece that I was reading today and I thought it was really interesting just you know yes you do we don't think about it but you know so much about them. Mm. It's interesting I was a, um, a patient on the other side in ICU for a week and what really struck me as I don't think I, I had appreciated it as a nurse midwife was kindness how, how healing kindness can be Mm. And um, and that came from from the nurses and the, the the carers that we're looking after. Same thing like in palliative care. It's that kind the kindness the kind acts towards the end. I think and that's you you know a good nurse from a bad one. And and it's often through their approaches. It's not what necessarily they say, but it's how they do things and whether yeah. kindness is the driving force. I know from Zoe and my point of view, when my father was passing away, he was in a palliative care ward and the nurses really liked him. And one day the family went over to visit him and he was just in the foyer because there was only eight patients in this place. And they had him out there and he was just telling jokes and he was in a wheel out bed, you know, entertaining everyone in the foyer. It was sort of quite, it was nice, wasn't it, Zoe, that he just, he was angry at us because we sent him to palliative care but we couldn't look after him at home and but you know he had a really you know they were so good to him it's um that's you, you know tony that's what you do obviously yeah i think palliative cares are um, a really interesting area of nursing and i've done a variety of things like wood and theaters and and aesthetics and recovery and i found that um in the community with palliative um the emotion and just like children as well Zoe in with kids and that 
there's such a rawness and a, and a truth of their being, both from a family often as well, their honesty of what they're experiencing, but also the children are like that. And palliative brings that out as well. It's a very, you've really got down to nothing else matters, yeah. you know? And when all that is clouded in so many other aspects of nursing, oh, you're not doing enough for my mother, you're not doing enough for my father, when it comes down to that real parts of, of, of crisis, um, then everything else slips away. And it's a really interesting time. And as a palliative nurse sharing in that, I feel incredibly privileged. Mm. As it would be in birthing, it would create the same feeling because it's such a roar. We're all going for the same thing together. Yeah. As with children, you know, with Zoe, that the, the kids are at the, you know, the epicentre of everything, you know, the child in, in the care that they're getting given. So I just find that that's really interesting. Um, and I know we do that also on the wards. It just seems to certain aspects of nursing that that becomes even more apparent, I feel like. Yeah. Anyone can jump in. How's nursing changed your lives? If you think about where you were before you started nursing and probably your ideal... <laughs> <laughs> What nurse, you know, you were going into a career, but from the person you were when you started, how has nursing changed you? Uh, who wants to admit? <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely changed my life because, you know, as I said, um, I had no intention of doing nursing um, or midwifery. Um, oh, God, how's it changed me? I don't know. I've been a nurse for a midwife for so long. I can't, I guess it makes you a little bit less selfish I mean not that you know we're bloody I'm not trying to make out that we're some holy angels or anything but um yeah I think your your perception of people I don't know if I would have the same perception of humanity that I do if I never became a nurse I've been in a I've been this is all I've ever done so I, I can't answer that question I'm too old oh. <laughs> I think what you're saying is really interesting Kat though because I actually just what you were just beginning with there. I feel like um, that nursing definitely, um, and you would hope that it does, but for me, and I, I think most nurses, that you become a lot, possibly a lot less judgmental than you otherwise would be because you come across so many different types of people, yeah. nationalities, that you know, personality types, everything, socioeconomic, yeah. everything becomes levelled when it comes to medical care, um, you know, and even that, even in the private sector, I know that's odd, but it's just the extraneous stuff that really is private. Everything else still is remains the same, you know, that you're giving the best care you can and all that. So that idea that for yourself that you become non-judgmental or is definitely probably uh, a trait that nursing would probably yeah, foster. To. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Not always. And then there's other things as well. I mean, I also think that there's some aspects that are either good or bad, but that in t vigilance in certain aspects, possibly more neurotic in certain aspects, <laughs> um, because, you know, you've had to be alert, you know, as a profession, it's, a, it's an alert profession. It's not a profession you can sort of drift off and look out the window and, you know, you know enjoy the landscape you know you kind of yes what you're on when you're on you're on that's right and the other thing that I think that's a really resounding trait as well 
what I've noticed for myself is observation. I mean, I oh, love that I might have great interpretation, but observation. Yeah, that's what I meant by perception, yeah. 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 What do you um, think, Zoe? What about you, Zoe? What do you feel like in that? For me, I think um, just the stage of life that I'm in at the moment, um, just I think it makes me so thankful for what I have and that I've got three healthy yeah. children when you see what some families yeah. go through in their lifetime um, and just to be appreciative every day for yeah. what we have. Um, and as hard as it is, sometimes it's, uh, I guess, a privilege to care for those families in the toughest period of their life. It just really, yeah, gives you good perspective on your own life. I can hear in Zoe's voice a bit of yeah. emotion right now and I, I can remember speaking from a point of view and Zoe is a very, very private person. She's, um, I have two nieces and she's the eldest of the two and um, I know I came to, I was at Zoe's one day and I said, how was work? And she just cried. And she wouldn't tell me, you know, because obviously it's confidential. She just had a really tough day. And I think she knew that one of her patients wasn't going to be there the next day, a young child and a family. And, you know, she had two young girls of her own. And if you're in the neuro ward, you know it's not good. Um, and I think that was really, it's changed her in that respect. I think that you see things sometimes that you, that change your life. Yeah. And yeah. make you grateful as well in some ways. I suppose that's a yeah. nursing as well. So you, you look at and you kind of what you know, Zoe was also saying there, I suppose, with that side of appreciation you have for what you do have, because you're seeing such contrast as a nurse at times as well. You know, that whole aspect of where I think there is such sadness or you know, um personality disorder, I don't know. <laughs> I think some people have a really tough life and, um, and, and you see that and you yeah, a really sad and really tough life. and Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you know, in talking about what I saw with Zoe that day, how do you guys handle stress? Mm. Well, I've been doing um, Zoom yoga five yeah. days a week. <laughs> Yeah, this is it is a very stressful like it's so stressful like I don't think people realize how stressful it is sometimes like you kind of hit the ground running when you get at work and you the day just goes in an instant like it's it's busy you're always on you're always busy very rarely do you get a, a quiet day at work um so we must all be a bit of adrenaline junkies I reckon I don't know um, <laughs> We can, I think nurses can handle a lot of stress and a lot of like, yeah, emergency situations, um, but it does leave an impact. I think um, you need to, you have to have to talk to your colleagues. They're the only ones that can really understand. You can't, sometimes taking it home and you can talk to your partner or whatever, but to have your colleagues there to chat to when you're going through um, some tough times at work, like, yeah. Wine also helps. <laughs> uh, oh, Kath, 
I've only seen you ever drink a glass or two when we were riding the Otago Trail. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. <laughs> um, yeah, having a colleague, I think, is the best. Yeah. yeah. How do you... And also to bounce off ideas to make sure that you've done the, yeah. the possible job that you can and you haven't missed anything. And yeah. so you do lean on each other a little bit, even, just to, even if you know the answer, but just a voice, hear your own voice working through just to make sure, you, you know, you've covered yeah. all bases. Mm. Yeah. And what about in the community, Tony, when you haven't got others around you that you might go out to a house and be working with an individual? Um, how do you deal with the stress if you're not around colleagues all the time? Well, we have a base point, so we do come back to that. And, you know, people are really supportive of each other in that and you know there's been many a tears or there's been many ranting and raving probably more from me than anyone the ranting and raving <laughs> um so you know you do have that and um to sort of debrief or whatever around or just have a tear and people are like you know like i think humankind is mostly kind you know and so when you are feeling emotional yeah. feeling like even if you're cranky like i can get cranky at times and they just look at me and go have you eaten <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. did you last eat <laughs> um let me give you something <laughs> so you know all that's really um part of care for each other really and i actually think it's a caring industry and you know mostly it overflows into colleagues you know but i think um, that that's, that's a big change in the the last couple of years it's actually okay to show your emotion if you are sad yeah. someone's died it's okay to to cry with yeah. them and um yeah and you're supported within the the nursing did we freeze yeah whole yeah. group of yeah, years ago, you know, you were seen as being a copic, and you had to have like the stiff upper lip, and don't get too don't get too involved with your patients. And, but yeah, you're right. That's yeah, you're allowed. Yeah, and so, crying like can, with the patient as well. Yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. That's, that's the right. other thing. Like, and that's the empathy, isn't it? That's right. Like what they say or how they're feeling, it makes you feel sad and teary too at times. And I haven't hesitated if the tears flow from my cheeks. It's just like, well, you know. This is really sad right now. You know? Yeah, um, I was going to say, like, Tony, from when you studied nursing, because we're similar age, I think. I'm only going that you've worked for 40 years. Yeah. Um, I've only worked, yeah, I've, I've worked for 40 years back in the dinosaur days. But your nursing was probably you started on the job and not at uni. And no, look, I was actually the final year that even accepted fourth form certificate. So I didn't even get my HSC, right? And I went, oh, I was one of, not very many, but they still accepted at RPA. That was the last year, not the last intake in that year, but the last year, um, it was January 1978 when I began. And that was then. But like, interesting enough, I can remember that whole attitude of the 20 cent piece had to bounce off the bottom sheet. Oh. I don't know whether you anyone remembers anything. Yeah, well, the hospital or, corners, I remember those. The hospital mitre corners, apart from and that. They got measured. It had to be that firm, that bottom sheet. Now, the poor clients sometimes are lucky to get their bed made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, Zoe, least of our worries. I'm sure Zoe, like Zoe went through university, you know, and that was something that just didn't happen when my friends went through nursing. They all went to hospital, like Michelle Franks, et cetera, Kath. Yeah. You know, started in the hospital. But Zoe? I remember one of the first practical lessons we were taught was how to make a bed <laughs> and the hospital corners. But unfortunately, I think we're so busy in nursing today that often we lack the time to be able to just make a bed or and often that's some of the most important things that you can do to make your patients bed and just make them feel, um, have a fresh space for the day. It really just depends on the shift that you're going into. Sometimes it can be that you run off your feet for your entire eight-hour shift. Yeah. And those, those basic cares that um, were so drummed into us back in the day have been a little bit. Yeah. I remember getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to catch a train to go all the way out to Mount Druitt during my training to learn to make a bed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. You should have just made your own. In these COVID times, they say, oh, just, just upload it on the, <laughs> your <Yeah>. own bed. <laughs> we'll tick you off. <laughs> so so um, my mum last week, who's 92, was in uh, hospital and she had pneumonia and they moved her out to the geriatric ward and I must say I thought the nurses out there they were so funny and you know my mother was having a bit of a, a, a delirious moment <laughs> and I, honestly I, we were thinking about the stories that these we were talking about the stories that these nurses hear when, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, ants crawling up yeah. the wall and the parties I know that you know yeah. there's been a few parties in the ward where pe the nurses were having wild parties through the night and it's like oh yeah that's interesting I'm sure <laughs> but there's so many day I don't know there's so many different wards and so many types of nursing um I think it's yeah. you know you can whether you're a theatre nurse or you're you know into wound care or you know what are some of the other types of roles other than pediatrics midwifery community? Oh, you know every every organ in the body you can specialize in it <laughs> <laughs> pretty much that's right. like mental health it'd be nice to have a mental health nurse here actually um but that's a huge area massive yeah. and drug and alcohol um yeah well, we're trying to get one of the girls that yeah. does drug, drug and alcohol today that was yeah. Yeah, that was the other area I was interested in going into, but I went to the McKinnon unit at Roselle and that that swiftly talked me out of it. It was pretty pretty hardcore back then. So, so I've only really got... Do, does anyone want to add anything? I think it's really an amazing job that you guys do. And I, I think from sometimes you're a little bit hidden from the community if people aren't, aren't unwell or aren't having a child then they don't really see what you, mm. you do. But is there anything you want to add to today? Oh, do to talk about, I don't know, do you want to talk about coronavirus? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about coronavirus. <laughs> How long have you got? Uh, the, the C word. <laughs> I actually 
I didn't really want to talk about coronavirus okay. today because everybody's had coronavirus. I know, up to... What I think, Karen, is that um, I definitely think as a nurse, um, you know that you are valued by the community mostly. I think most people acknowledge and value healthcare workers. Mm. And, I um, mean, particularly in COVID, that's all I'll say there, but even prior to that, I definitely feel that people would express their gratitude for what we do and appreciate yep. even just, it didn't matter what aspect of nursing, um, when, when it matters to them that their life is important to them or their loved one and their life is important to them, then they know that we're, we're, the, we're, we're a beginning and end often for them, you know, and I yep. think that that's really most people will acknowledge something. I've never felt ashamed to call myself a nurse. Well, that's that's really fabulous because it's a job to be proud of. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's more value. I think it's a high value um, profession. And there's always work for nurses. Yeah. <laughs> and we, know. we don't we don't have any male representatives of the nursing community here today but we have to acknowledge also there's many men that take on the profession yeah. of nursing and i noticed last week when i was at hospital with mum because she was there for four days there was many male nurses in both the wards she was in emergency and then the geriatric ward and they were really fantastic they were really, really fantastic um, in calming their patients, but also nurturing the up-and-coming young nurses coming through. There was a lot of them were, were obviously more senior and they were nurturing those, those young nurses. And it was so great to see. Um, I really, you know, sat there a couple of days and just watched what was going on. And it was fantastic opportunity to observe especially leading up to international nurses and midwives day mm. kath i've never seen a midwife in action uh, <laughs> actually zoe's first baby i you know uh -huh. yeah no <laughs> i was going to ask could i go along but i didn't get invited so <laughs> and it's, a, it's a pretty sacred space the the um, birthing space and um, women really need to um, feel safe and feel secure and and um, yeah really get into the zone if if they're gonna it's you know it's it's a yeah it's a, a space that needs to be respected a lot more sometimes especially um, it can be over medicalized but I won't get on my rant about that um, <laughs> Yeah, but um, women, you know, can birth beautifully if all being uh, low risk and normal. And, yeah, sometimes they just need to be empowered to do that. And that's our role is to be there to be, um, yeah, to be with women. That's what the word midwife means. It means with woman. Um, that's what we do. And I was there at Georgie's birth. You yeah. Were, yeah. You, you, she was great. Great. I was a student midwife. I was, she, oh God. she was a student midwife delivering my baby pretty much. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was actually really nervous because I wasn't very experienced back then. <laughs> I was only a student. But, um, 
Yeah, um, Georgie got to the hospital fully and pushing pretty much, so um, <laughs> it made, made it easier. That's right. Out in no time. <laughs> I'm sure Zoe doesn't want to tell you how fast the last one came, do you, Zoe? Ah, uh, Zoe. Oh, I had all three of my babies at the Royal Hospital for Women and all three um, experiences I could not fault and were all solely delivered by midwives. I think it's an amazing career and I hope to go down that path. Good on you. In the next few years. Yeah. So we had a pretty fast birth, the last two. Yeah. Yeah, half an hour. <laughs> oh, Come through the door to deliver. We, we love yeah. you, Zoe. You're the type of woman we love. <laughs> With her second one, she you was... You can come back for a repeat performance. Yeah. I was driving from my place to her place, which was about 40 minutes yeah. um, for the second one, and she was pacing the street going... Are you nearly here? <laughs> they were in the car as I was driving down the street. They were leaving. <laughs> One kid in the house and me running in the door. And I think half an hour later, there was, oh, we've had the baby. Way to do it. But I'm sure there's, that's not always the case. And so no. did, did you really plan on me telling your story here? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm happy. Um, <laughs> so can I just say, Congratulations to all of you for having such a, a wonderful career in nursing and really serving the community, whether it be in Australia, overseas, community nursing, midwifery, children's nursing, and to everyone else who are nurses, um, male and female, in whatever role you are in, I'd like to say from all of us, congratulations and thank you. And uh, do anyone, any of you want to add anything before we go? Uh, happy International Nurses and Midwives Day. Woohoo! <laughs> Nurses and Midwives Day. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so lucky to have you all on. So I just say a huge thank you, um, especially at such short notice. Um, Zoe, thanks for feeding Having to have, feed a child in the midst of an interview, you did very well. Yeah. <laughs> Multitasking. <laughs> um, but yeah, both and Meg's mum put at both of those things. <laughs> you put it multitasking. Horses <laughs> and mums. Yeah, they are. Professional yeah. multitaskers. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and it's lovely to meet you, Tony and Meg's, and, and thank you so much, Kath, for organising these two wonderful women. Um, so I've got to sit up now and I, yeah, they are. I've got to sit up now and, and sort of put this together. <laughs> but um, after lunch sometime and I'll send you out a link. Oh, lovely. To the podcast. So. Oh, great. Great. All right. Actually, I'll put it out on the community radio on Friday too. It does, won't matter if it's a couple of days late. I think it's a really worthwhile interview. Oh, lovely. Thank you. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. 
Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your eye. It's not all nine to five. It's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high. Swim across oceans wide.